looks like it. Umahasa, Yoka. Hello there. Welcome to the Cannon Cantina, presented by the Geek Out Show Network. So, we want it, Vin. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. Suddenly, the scar. Jedi business, go back to your drinks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special episode of the Cannon Cantina, presented by the Geek Out Show Network. Um, where today we are trading in our typical spirits and libations for a cup of coffee, because we are recording this on a Saturday morning, thanks to me. Uh, I'm your host, Jade, and with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Heath. All right, got the liquid IV going this morning. There you go. I, I could use one of those, man, after the night I had. <laughs> Man, I I just discovered these things a couple months ago, and, like, I keep them on my work truck. I mean, it doesn't matter. Sometimes I just wake up, and I'm like, hey, I feel a little dried out. I'm going to go ahead and rehydrate. Is it, the like, the powdered versions, or is it one of those, uh, like, a bottled of it? So I don't know if they do bottles or not. I'm not really, like, the most informed on this company, but I just buy the powders. You can get them. Like, I get uh, the Amazon Subscribe and Save. Yeah. So I get, like, a big pack of just different powders. Um, but this right here is the acai berry, and it's one of my favorites. Just put in a little blender bottle, mix it up, add some ice, and go for it. Nice. Yeah, I, uh, so the reason we didn't record on our typical Friday night is because I had to go out and entertain some customers, and I'm definitely paying for it this morning. So, <laughs> Heath, I appreciate you being understanding, man. Hey, man, work is work. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, that's try convincing my wife that going to the bar with customers is work. <laughs> I have to have that conversation quite often. Um, but, yeah, today we're going to keep it short and simple. There's not a whole lot going on. We did get some cool stuff um, announced, uh, so we'll just get right into it. Heath, did you get anything this week? Oh, man, I got some stuff coming in the mail, but nothing physical. Now, I am very excited to say that I put down a down payment and got a hotel booked that – End of this year, going into that last week of November slash beginning of December, taking the family to Orlando. Oh, man. I'm jealous. Very cool. I've never been to Disney. Uh, We've been out to Orlando before, and we've hit up SeaWorld and done different things. But, uh, yeah, go do do Disney for the first time. I'm super excited. I've already told the wife I will be – making myself a custom lightsaber, and we'll figure out how to get that home. Absolutely, man. So I've been to Disney World one time in my life. It was my, my daughter was just about 18 months, you know, almost two years. Mm-hmm. She was walking and talking a little bit, um, a little early. You know, I think we took her a little early, but it was just something we wanted to do. Um, <laughs> and ironic enough, it was like two weeks before Galaxy's Edge opened. Uh, I, I didn't know that but at the time. Oh. But yeah, I got the knock on rough. the doors of Batu, <laughs> but I've, I've never actually <laughs> been. So that's super cool, man. I'm super excited for you guys. That's that's probably the coolest pickup of the week. Yeah, I mean that's super cool. But um, I mean, like the Target employees must have a wanted poster for you on the wall right now. You've had a hell of a week just knocking on their back back stockroom doors. Yeah, Boy, and you I feel. I feel a little bad because I haven't sent yours out yet. They are all bubble wrapped and, and packaged, but I was able to obtain the entire set of the Clone Wars um, 
Target exclusive figures, which is the General Anakin, Obi-Wan, uh, Arc Trooper Echo, and Hawk. So I was able to snag all of those for a set for myself and a set for you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, man, and then before that even hit, I mean, this isn't a G.I. Joe podcast or a Star Wars podcast, but you scored the major blood, and I think some people were sending you some bloody threats. Yeah, I, I was able to score a major blood, and uh, I had to kind of remind everyone, like, hey, you know, like, if unless I say my shit's for sale, it's for it's not for sale. You know what I mean? Like, G.I. Joe brings out the worst in people, man. <laughs> it really does. Man, it really is crazy. I mean, I was able to secure the whole first wave um, through an online purchase. And um, I was able to snag Beachhead and that Baroness. Um, was really lucky on a lot of that, but like, it just got to the point where it was just so frustrating. I never saw uh, any of the troopers. Uh, so I actually was just like, you know what? I really don't have the biggest attachment. I was just kind of excited to have a new, you know, six-inch style military line. But, you know, if I can't find the stuff I'm really looking for, I'm going to just go ahead and jump out of this one. Sold uh, the stuff I didn't want, did some trades, but, yeah, I think all I have left is the Snake Eyes, Roadblock, and Duke because those are the ones I just really like the designs of and I had as a kid, but I never watched the cartoons. But, yeah, that, that whole stuff is frustrating, and people are just so nasty and crazy about it online. Yeah, and I've been fortunate enough to where I've – been able to snag every single Joe figure, multiples. You know, I'm one of the few people who have, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say how many I have. I have an entire army of Cobra Island Cobra Troopers. Um, and, yeah, you get a lot of hate for it, man. It's like, okay, well, you know, you, you're welcome to come to Midland and, and get them. Me picking them all up off the shelf isn't, uh, <laughs> isn't stopping you from getting them. You know what I mean? Just silly, man. Um, same thing with the Clone Wars figures. I, uh, you know, you get a lot of hate on that too because I did pick up multiple sets, but uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I got them. You got them coming your way, so that's all that matters. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm sorry, I accidentally uh, muted my microphone earlier. No, it's all my, good. Yeah. Uh, my poodle chased the cat into the, uh, my office here. <laughs> I was like, oh man, this is going to be a terrible sound. But now what I was going to say is like, I mean. You get out there, you put in the foot room, or not the foot room, but the footwork, you know, you actually get out there and do that work, and then somebody's going to have a problem with you not, you know, because you did it and they didn't. I mean, definitely, you know, luck, skill, putting in the work and getting to know your employees and having those conversations goes a long way. But, yeah, man, some people are just so silly. Yeah, and uh, I've said this before on the Geek Out show. It does not hurt to grease the palms of your target employees. Just remember that. <laughs> you, you'll yeah, you'll be able to get what you want. Um, but, yeah, no, the figures are really cool, man. The, the Obi-Wan and Anakin, they're really great. Um, the Hawk is probably the less desirable one of the set, but I personally think it's really cool. You know, I love Troopers. Um, and the Echo, Echo's by far the winner. Uh, loaded with accessories, loaded with detail. I've seen a lot of people put a matte finish on these because they are a little shiny. Uh, Black Series' face has been real shiny lately. Yeah, um, that, it, that is a little weird, but, um, you know, I think, like I told everybody, like, the Hawk wasn't, like, a, a need for me just because, like, really not, like, a major character. 
where, you know, obviously Obi-Wan and Anakin and uh, definitely Echoes is even more of a big character now. But it is a super cool design. I like those um, those pilot helmets. So, yeah, yeah, I'm happy for you. They're really great. Like, I, you know, um, I have taken them out of the package. You know, I'm not one of those guys. Uh, but I almost wish I had a set to keep in package because the packaging itself is really cool. It's like that Clone Wars three and three quarter homage packaging. Mm-hmm. It's very, like, yeah. I, I probably, like, I don't have any plans to keep them in package, but I definitely am thinking about, like, just going real nice and soft and, like, just cutting the plastic off the wood because it is cool, maybe just kind of hanging that somewhere. Nah, Gronk spiking on the ground. That's the best way to open it. Have you seen that video <laughs> on Instagram? That guy Gronk spiking it? Dude, I'm not going to lie to you. I laughed so hard, and at first I was like, oh, I hope he doesn't damage that thing. And then as soon as I realized, I'm like, oh, man, it's got the plastic on top of it. It's fine. But, yeah, yeah. dude, I saw that, and I'm like, there's going to be so many inbox collectors that just, like, I mean – <laughs> they can make coal. They're going to tighten up so tight seeing that thing. Yeah, no, it's 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 good. It's a good way. I, like I, now, I want to open all my figures that way. Oh, um, like I really don't do reviews, but for a while there, like I was like, there were certain days I just get off of work uh, a lot earlier than I need to for um, to pick my kid up from school. So if I had anything in the car, I would just open it up. And one of the first like uh, black series I did when the new packaging was like. You just put your hand right here, and I just went whack and ripped it the straight out of the box. <laughs> and I have, like, two people messaging me. You're like, why would you do that? That's such a hard figure to find. I'm like, hey, man, this is, like, out of the two Mandalorians we're getting out of this wave, this is the one that's got, like, 12 in the box. You'll find it. No, no worries. And I'm it's also mine. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah. That's cool. No, that's that's all I picked up, man. Star Wars wise, um, I was able to swing by the Hive and pick up a couple of comic books. Um, Bounty Hunters twelve came out this week. Another prelude to War of the ba- War of the Bounty Hunters. Haven't read it, um, but I did k- catch up on Star Wars thirteen, which is another prelude. Uh, were you able to read that one? Man, this one makes me wish that I had um, gotten the uh, Best in Ceremony Luke. Do a little customizing on it because I was like, okay, so this is one of those things that, like, I didn't realize that, like, they kind of stuck with that look. So that's really cool. But, you know, I was rereading it this morning, and can I tell you, I had a complete dad moment rereading this comic book this morning. So obviously, it kicks up. Luke's got the yellow uh, lightsaber that he found in a Jedi temple that, you know, we were talking about last week, and he is just going ham on some uh, blaster droids. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, Luke, you're part of a rebellion. This is not a well, you know, you know, monetized galactic empire to speak of. You can't just be destroying these things left and right. They cost money. <laughs> no, man, for sure. When you start adding up, when you start budgeting, it's like, okay, uh, who am I right now? I'm, I'm somebody's dad at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like just a split second thought, and I'm like, oh, it's holding dad move here. Like, you guys turn off the lights in here. Yeah, exactly. Who touched the thermostat? <laughs> but yeah, uh, this is real fun. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, man, you get to see Chewie just like Chewie kind of has enough and and kind of goes over the top. Like he's just pissed off at this point, uh, mm-hmm. looking looking for Han. And uh, you basically don't want to be on the receiving end of a Wookiee with a bowcaster, especially Chewbacca. Yeah, and it, this is a weird one because I've I've never thought about this. Now I understand that Wookies can't speak Basic due to like you know how they're made. Uh, most Wookies understand Basic, and most people understand 
I never Sh- say the word right. Shrewook. Shrewook, yes. I always want to call it something else. Um, but I've never thought that, like, Luke didn't understand Chewbacca. Now, I get that this might have just been a plotting device so that the you know reader can know what Chewie's saying. But I was just kind of like, I was totally under the impression that Luke understood him. Yeah, me too. But I think this is maybe so early in their relationship. Like, you know, you got to remember Luke's been sitting on Tatooine for 20 years. Yeah, and I mean, at this point in time, what, they've known each other for four or five months? Yeah, if that. Yeah, because, I mean, A New Hope, what, takes place in about a week's time, and then Empire picks up just, like, a couple months later. Sorry, I'm not sure what my poodle's doing. She sometimes just goes crazy. I'm, she's barking. Let me get her in here. She's talk, talking that Shri Wook. Um, yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll take it over for a minute. Like, yeah, the, the book itself is really good, and um, it has a lot of callbacks to Solo, which I thought was very cool, man. Like, Solo gets very little love. And there's some plant, you know, Vandor's mentioned, the, the Empire's on Vandor. Uh, you get Kanji Club. Again, remember, they just uh, – they just lost their their fighter on that planet by Boba Fett under the surname Django, um, mm-hmm. and they're looking for a new champion. And they they see Luke, and they're like, "Oh yeah, let's take this guy. As, he can either be our champion, or we can turn him in on a, the open bounty for all Jedi." I guess the Empire has a standing bounty on any and all Jedi at any given time, even though they think they're all eradicated. Yeah, makes sense. You know. You gotta keep keep an eye on the next potential threat, but yeah, um, yeah, it's like it's so good. Like you said, Chewbacca is definitely you know irritated. You know he's got a life debt and a best friend here that he's missing, and you know totally understandable. I thought it was like really nice for uh, him to point out like, no, nah, we're not burning Lando because Han comes out of carbonite and that's one of the first place persons he sees. He's gonna be pissed too. Right. Absolutely, yeah. He's still he's still really pissed off at Lando at the moment. Yeah, understandable. Um, yeah, exactly. Another cool thing um, is kind of the ending, the end reveal here. Not not so much of a reveal. So all spoilers. Just you know, we always talk about these things with the intent that you guys have already read or seen this or don't care. Um, but they basically get some calm chatter that whoever has Han Solo is ready to meet and basically have an open bidding war. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought that was, that was cool as well. So like we're getting to the point here. We're getting to find out who actually has them. Yeah. And um, I was also really um, kind of surprised that, you know, he's sitting there trying to, um, you know, R2D2 is trying to tell him something and it comes out and it's like, Hey man, we were on Death Star a couple months ago. I got all these locations for different Jedi temples. And yes. Like, this is going to take decades. So, so uh, you know, gives us an insight to where he was training, where he's been looking outside of just being with Yoda. I love that. Yeah, I love the fact that they actually uh, explained how R2 had all the coordinates for for all these different Jedi temples. And it just kind of fills in, a, you know, something you don't necessarily think of all the time. But, you know, how did Luke figure all this stuff out? Like we see in uh, the rise of Kylo Ren, they're at. High Republic temples, you know, he's obviously already got this yellow lightsaber from a High Republic temple. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really cool. Just say, oh yeah, when R two was plugged into the Death Star, he got uh, coordinates to everything, anything the Empire had. He basically had it. 
Yeah. Love so, and I mean, it would, yeah, it would take sense that, you know, he might have had to spend some time in the background just, you know, decoding and processing everything before he just automatically jumps over and be like, hey, man, I just came out of this place. You need all this info? Yeah. Uh, so, again, we're just we're real big proponents of the comic books. They're, they're just like – they're hitting it out of the park, man. This is this is what a really good story that um, can be interconnected through several issues. It actually shows you what they can do. So Star Wars is doing a really good job here. Um, other than the comic books, man, I did read – I finished Into the Dark. I really enjoyed that. I won't go into it too much, man. Um, it, it, it's a little too exhausting, I think, to explain all that. But, but it is a good book, man, and yeah. if you're reading the High Republic comics, this is has a lot of uh, story about the Dren Gear in it. This is essentially all about the Dren Gear. Um, and I finished uh, A Test of Courage, which I'm going to say, <laughs> not my favorite book. <laughs> but it's entertaining yeah. enough. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's not aimed towards us. It's, you know, well below where we'd be reading. Like I said, it's entertaining for what it is. It's it's not horrible, and, you know, it's definitely going to interlock in, as we saw with the last comic book, but, yeah. Uh, it, it was more It was more about, it. yeah, it was more for me, like, on both of those books, even, was just some backstory on the characters in the comics right now, like uh, Vern and Emery, um, mm-hmm. obviously Des, Des Dryden, and, uh, oh, now I can't even think of his name, the main character of Into the Dark. <laughs> Regardless, it's all there. And if anybody wants the visual dictionary, hit me up. I'll send it to you. Um, right on. We got any, since we're talking comics and books, we got any news there? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, again, for Mr. Calvin Scott, we got a notification that on June 28th, Barnes & Noble will be doing a High Republic virtual event. Uh, this is going to be on Everbright. You have to be signed up. Even though it's free, you have to be signed up and registered on Everbright. So, obviously, being interested, I got on Everbright, signed in, made myself a little account. And I'm like, okay, well, it's not here on the front page. I figured Barnes & Noble, you know, would be a big event, but nothing. So, I type in Star Wars, and I'm scrolling down. I'm not seeing anything. But I did find uh, the legendary something. And I was just sitting there. I'm like, whoa. You guys are advertising a male strip club event going on here. Oh, uh, yeah, like a, like a male burlesque show. Yeah, I'm sure you yes. signed up for that one, too, huh? Yeah, I'm like, what did I sign up for? I'm going to go ahead and pass. I don't need to spend my $20 there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're getting a High Republic, um, kind of like a panel, essentially. Like, I guess this would this would probably be about the time Star Wars Celebration would have been happening. Mm-hmm. Right or was that was it last year that it was? No, it would have been this summer. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think it might have just been a little early. I don't know. I, like so many dates have changed. Like yeah, I mean, but this I is probably this was probably going to be their their celebration panel, if I had to guess. Yes, and that makes sense. I so we don't know so a lot much of, the, of us. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, so much of us probably have like rescheduling fatigue after everything that was canceled last year and trying to get put into the books for this year and next year. Yeah, absolutely. So we've lost track of it, but um, 
You know, this is going to be a pretty cool event. They're probably going to talk about the next wave of books. You know, this summer we have the second wave of books coming out. Um, we're starting to get titles for that third wave. I would imagine we'll probably start getting cover reveals and and uh, writers and, and all that stuff. So um, I could see that all coming. You, you're probably not going to get much more than that. Maybe pre-orders will open up on a couple of books, something along those lines. But no, it looks cool, man. I'll probably tune into this event, too. So uh, check out Eventbrite and just look – for the Star Wars publishing panel. I mean, it's definitely going to be something interesting, and, you know, I'm excited. You know, these this might be, like, the uh, most I've been into the Star Wars books, not because I'm not interested in a lot of stuff, but just I can listen to it while I'm at work. It saves me time. I, I'm entertained, and it's, you know, easier to do with Audible. Yeah, I, I think that was my problem with, uh, you know, because I do read them and then listen to them. Um, but I listened to the end of Into the Dark. I just haven't been able to pick it back up, like, physically. And mm-hmm. even in even um, A Test of Courage. And I think that's why maybe I didn't enjoy it that much. Like, sometimes the narrators just throw me off. And I don't know. It's a, it's a kind of a weird deal. No, understandable. Like, you definitely get better narrators um, here and there. And there's some things that are just more enjoyable. Um, I will say that um, kind of already have an idea for a few things. Um, so they posted up yesterday on StarWars.com an excerpt from The Rising Storm. And I was kind of, as I was reading that, you know, it's not very long. It's, you know, I was kind of hearing the narrator's voice in my own head. Yeah, I think with those main books, they usually let Mark Thompson narrate, which he's my favorite Star Wars narrator on the audio books. The other two, I I can't even name them, and and they're starting – I have to get used to them. Like, I've listened to so many Mark Thompson books that, like, I'm just so used to him. Like, I know his characters. I know his voice. um, Mm -hmm. But the the other ones, I need to get some time. So, uh, yeah, so my my new best friend on Instagram, Kevin Scott, uh, yeah, he announced that they're – put an excerpt up on, on starwars.com. I haven't been able to read that yet. I, I have a hard time reading those little excerpts before the story actually comes out. Cause I, you know, at that you point know. I just want to read more. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of just look at it as like, you know, this is a trailer, you know, you're not getting the full idea. You're just getting a little, a little peek. So, you know, I don't, I'm not sitting there reading it, you know, word by word over and over and trying to like really break it down. I'm just kind of, browsing through it. I'm like, okay, I like the idea of where we're at here. Not a big deal. Yeah, there's not much to di- dissect here. Like, And you know people yeah. will. Star Wars fans will sit here and dissect this and already have an opinion on this book. Mm-hmm. Yes, they will. So, Kevin, I know yeah. you're listening. We're excited for your book, man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, I know you've been busy with work. Were you able to catch uh, the newest episode of The Bad Batch? I was able to watch that. Um, so, you know, I sent the girls out of town this weekend, so I've had some free time. Um, but, yeah, I watched uh, episode four. I actually didn't even catch the name of the episode, now that I think about it. Um, oh, man, but, I didn't either. But a real oh. quick, you know, it's a real quick one. Um, what most people would call filler. One thing I like about Bad Batch is, so far, I have not seen a filler episode. Everything has been very important to the storyline. Um, and here we have another important feature that happens. So 
Like, yeah, I have not heard anybody really talking about filler. Maybe it's just because I, like, I've been staying away because obviously, like, last week I didn't have internet, so I was kind of, you know, staying away from a lot of things and staying away from spoilers. Did not get my, um, internet fixed until Tuesday, which by that time I'd already kind of broken down. I think I was telling you, sitting in the parking lot of a local grocery store, pulling off their Wi-Fi so I could watch it on my phone. Right, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I rewatched episode three at, um, yesterday, and then we watched um, four as a family. And, you know, so far, like, it blows my mind that people would think it's filler when you're really getting development and relationship building between Omega and the team because, obviously, she's coming in. She's the oddball out where the rest of the guys are a unit. Yeah, and not only not only that, you're you're getting the bad batch making that adjustment to civilian life. Like even Wrecker mm-hmm. says something along the lines like, "Oh, see, it's not that you know we've got it pretty figured out being civilians." When in reality yeah. they don't. They don't have any money. They don't have any rations. Like they're they're trying to figure out how they can get by. Mm-hmm. And then um, we also get the introduction of a very important character to this series. I like. I mean, obviously, she's already become, like, a character that I really enjoy. But, yeah, the reveal of Kinnick in uh, Episode 4. And I must say this. Out of all the animation they've done, is she not the, like, closest to her real-life counterpart? Yeah, and even just the voiceover. Like, obviously, it's Ming-Na Wen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's almost like watching her character from The Mandalorian or something. Like, it, it was Absolutely. pretty lifelike. Honestly, mm-hmm. you know, it is stylized, but um, yeah, just, stylized, and, but like, well, I was going to say nowhere to the point like on Padme. I was like, how do you go from Natalie Portman, who is a beautiful woman to this? Yeah. Yeah. They, they kind of went <laughs> over the top with the uh, artistic expression. But um, again, and we're acting under the assumption you guys have seen Bad Batch. By the time this comes out, it already been a couple days. Um, but yeah, Phoenix Shan, she's pretty much proven herself. She's not anybody to mess with. The entire chase scene uh, I thought was fantastic. Like it's a pretty oh, yeah. action-packed scene. Um, she is she is motivated. She is uh, resourceful. Um, you know, she's willing to go that mile. She is after her bounty, and, and she's pretty is, ruthless. Yes, I mean she had no qualms about uh, taking out those two uh, police officers that were chasing after. I mean. Yeah, she was after it. But yeah. at the same time, I almost felt like she did have, like, she wasn't trying to terrorize Omega. She was, like, you know, at first being really sweet to her. And then even, like, when they're on top of the uh, the tower, she's telling her, like, when I drop you, duck and roll. She's, there's very much a hardness to it, but there's also, like, kind of like a uh, understanding side to her. It's, it was really weird seeing how she went back and forth from what she was having to, you know, do. Yeah, and I think that just shows, like, she's not just, like, a cold-blooded killer, you know, mm-hmm. even though kind of in The Mandalorian, any of this some time after, um, they kind of make her out to be this ruthless mercenary, but um, she definitely is just focused, I think is the best word, I'm, is the word I'm looking for. Like, yeah, she's not there to hurt Omega, but, but she's there to, to claim her bounty. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think... What do you think of... Oh, I want to ask you real quick. Do you think we'll see Fennec Shan in War of the Bounty Hunters? Oh, that would be so cool. I mean, it's the right time frame. We know she's active. 
I would love it. Now, the only problem I have with that is I don't want her to cross paths with Boba Fett too often or at all, uh, right? Because we were kind of left under the assumption that in The Mandalorian, that's their first meeting, um, yeah. which we we don't know that because she did, you know, do work for the Huts and, and maybe they work together. We don't really know that. Or maybe it's like just kind of like a mutual understanding of their existence, and that's why you know he was willing to help her out when he found her. Or maybe in War of the Bounty Hunters, she does something to help out Boba Fett. Oh, that would be cool. Just you know, crazy idea. What if she's in possession of Han right now? Because we never got a look at who was actually oh, pulling the blaster on that uh, that doctor. I like that. I actually really like that, and I think that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. I hadn't even thought I really about her like being that. in this comic, but yeah, I, like that is such a great point. And I mean, it works in everything. She doesn't have to be a part of you know the movies. She can be there in the background, and you know, obviously, you don't have to read this to enjoy the movies. But yeah, that would be so cool to actually have her in the series as well. I like where your head's at there, Heath. That is my that's my new head cannon. <laughs> Until I'm proven wrong. Until I'm proven wrong. So yeah, no, that was a, that was a really fun episode. I want to ask you um, because I listen to some other Star Wars podcasts with some dads that you know have kids that are young age. Um, how's your How's your boy liking it? Because it sounds like kids aren't liking this as much as they would like the Clone Wars, uh, at least for the podcasts I listen to. But my son really enjoyed um, the first two episodes. Since I had already pre-watched three without him, just because I was kind of fainting, I uh, went ahead and um, let him skip that one. I felt like there were some really dark scenes with um, the new uh, elite trooper units, which... Um, there yeah, really is. Right. It's, it's heavy. Yeah, I was before seeing that. I was kind of the mindset that maybe the Bad Batch was going to be able to get Echo or not Echo, but uh, Crosshairs back and maybe like help deprogramming and complete the team. And at this point in time, after seeing that, the best I think we're going to be able to do is see him, you know, sacrifice himself to save the team and just have like that Vader. Like I will not be accepted back into polite society after this one, but I can do this for you type of uh, situation. I could definitely see that happening. Because, I mean, he had no, like, good soldiers follow orders, get rid of these civilians. And, I mean, it was cold. Even now that you've seen episode three, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, even at the end of the episode, I felt like there almost was some remorse seen through him. Like, when he just kind of drops his head when he's sitting in his bunk. Like, you can kind of, like, it almost feels like... Either he's just driven by the mission, there's nothing there, so he's not even worried about anything, or there's like that, like, you know, I miss my brothers, what am I doing? Even though he's Yeah, that feeling control. of not being in control, yeah, has to really hurt. Now that, you've I interrupted. Seen, now that you've seen the third episode, I wanted to ask you, you know, there's a scene where Wrecker hits his head pretty hard, and it keeps rubbing it, and they're kind of talking about coming up with a device to scan their chips. Do you think we'll see another member of the Bad Batch turn? See, I actually I was thinking that one, and then, again, Fennec uses his own force against him in this episode and tosses him into a wall and just bangs his head off of it. So it would be interesting to see. I, I, you know, that could even be, you know, a whole plot. I'm not sure. 
but it would be a very interesting idea. Yeah, and I also think that Omega knows because she remember she is a quote unquote medical assistant to the Camonians, Camonians. I think it's Camonians. Um, yeah, she could know more about the inhibitor chips than she's letting on, mm-hmm. and maybe I mean, even how to how to diffuse them. Yeah, well, and I mean, who's to say that she's not also chipped, and we just haven't seen it activated yet. That's true. That's very possible. So let's move off that real quick. We love the Bad Batch. We're here for it. Um, mm-hmm. But we got some other shows that might be coming to Dis- may or may not be coming to Disney Plus. Yes. So um, I believe this fall we're going to get uh, Star Wars droids added into our uh, our watching list. Um, this is an older series, right? Oh yeah, this is from the early '80s. Okay, I've never heard of this, and I just saw, like, the little, like, logo for it. And, I mean, it's – I was like, that's a rough-looking animation of R2 and uh, C-3PO. So I was like, okay, I'm thinking this is old. I didn't really dig into it too far. But, yeah, that makes sense, just bringing back, you know, more stuff and giving us, you know, that old content that was hard to find. Yeah, and and Droids is actually – you know, it is kind of like a cult classic there. Um, Even the (laughs) figures, if you look up the figures for Droids, they're out of reach. Oh, really? Um, yeah, if you're looking for an R2 or a C-3PO carded, they're out of reach. Check them out. Um, I know Seth has picked some up that were some repros that were really nice, um, but the originals are, like I said, they're out of my reach for sure. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, George is really beloved. Um, and remember, we are getting a new version of Droids so that's going to be kind of like a project spearheaded by ILM. Um, so maybe these will oh, coincide right. with release. Oh, that'd be cool. And hey, like I mean, just because I don't know about it does not mean that I'm not going to check it out. Oh my lord, you were not joking. I'm seeing a carded droid action figure uh, that's definitely in a plastic or in a plastic shield for eight hundred eighty nine dollars. Yeah, I don't yeah. know this character. Yeah, and it's for a character you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, they, they, oh, are, they were very small runs on a very limited show. And, you know, that show is one of those things that it's been pretty much scrubbed off the face of the earth for the last mm-hmm. 20 years. Man. So, well, hey. Sorry about that. No, it's all good, man. Um, So let's jump into some other news. Uh the prodigy himself, the chosen one, Dave Filoni, has got a new role inside Lucasfilm. Absolutely. Now, I mean, I feel like this just might be a title for the sake of, you know, giving me more money because I can't believe that, like, he wouldn't kind of already be doing this title behind the scenes. But the executive creator, is that the title? I think so. So uh, Doug Chang was the one who actually had this title before, um, and now it'll be Dave Filoni. Okay. I mean, for what, 18 years now? This is kind of how, you know, Star Wars has known him. So, yeah, I mean. Nothing new but a title Congratulations. grade. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah we know you're listening, Dave. Big clap. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy for the man. This guy has given Star Wars fans 
some of the best content that we've had, you know, in the last 20 years. And he's continued to work. It doesn't seem like he's slowing down. What, three original series with uh, a fourth one on the way? Yep. And on the same day, we got the news of one being put on the back burner. So Rangers of the New Republic, which was heavily rumored to be um, around the character Cara Dune, has now been put on the back burner and with its future unclear. I think we kind of all saw this. I know there was the rumor of like, oh, they're just going to plug and play Harrison Dula or someone else. Um, but that, that doesn't seem to be the case. So uh, th- that's okay. It's understandable. A lot of people think that that uh, Gina Carano may come back to Star Wars. I think the bed's already been made there personally, um, but mm-hmm. we'll see because I do like the character of Cara Dune, and I'd like to see that explored further, but, um, you know, if we don't get it, whatever. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, and, you know, between um, Book of Boba Fett, Season 3 of The Mandalorian, uh, Obi-Wan. And or all the animated shows. Like we, we're going to have enough Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, we've got a movie in development uh, for, oh, what's that for? Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron, yes. I was like, what call it Rogue something? So, I mean, if this just kind of gets pushed to the backside for us to, uh, you know, and it comes out later, if it doesn't come out at all, it's not like we're hurting for content right now. Yeah, it's all speculation. I mean, we'll get it when we hurt. get it or or not, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Um, let's see how that one goes. Yeah, no love uh, lost there for me. Um, man, that's, just, that's yeah. all I got in the entertainment news. Um, we did get some collectible reveals. Let's not go into it too much. Uh, let's yeah. let's get it. Let's get into our weekend. Um, we got some Mandalorian season two pops coming out. It's all the characters you think you're going to get. It's Bo-Katan. It's Boba Fett. It's some Purge Trooper. I'm sorry, some uh, Death Troopers. An unmasked Mando. Um, we're not big into the pops. I do like to pick up Mandalorians. I may pick up that ma- that helmetless Din and maybe that Boba Fett personally. But yeah. uh, other than that, I, I have no use for these. Uh, we got some new mission fleets. I'm not really sure what's coming out on the mission fleets, but uh, but we are getting some. Yeah, um, there's as of right now, it's called Deluxe Sunday, so that one is a hidden one. We're getting Ahsoka's Jedi Starfighter, Obi Wan's Jedi Starfighter, which I think we already had, so I'm guessing this is an update. Uh, Moth Gideon's Tie Fighter, Bo Katan's uh, Gauntlet Fighter, and a Luke Skywalker and Grogu. So, okay, so both of the, the last two that you mentioned, the Bo-Katan and the Luke Skywalker, which I'm assuming is with his X-Wing, probably going to be the ones we're looking for. Yeah, I mean, definitely like to see, you know, the Moff Gideon's TIE Fighter just because I did like how it kind of flared out on the wings. So we'll take a look. I mean, nothing crazy here. Yeah, and so the only other thing we got revealed this week was another bust by Gentle Giant. We really like those one-sixth busts that are the waist up. You know, I have several of them myself. But we're getting a Kanan Jarrus. I like the helmeted version, you know, where it covers his eyes. This is him in the last season of Rebels when he's blinded. I mm-hmm. dislike very much the <laughs> the helmetless version of the head sculpt. Yeah. I mean, I feel this one is a little off. I mean, it's like, that would not be the face that's underneath that beard. At least not yeah. in my mind. The At first time I saw what... it, I was like, is that, like... Dash Rendar or Kyle Katarn or something like I don't know who that is. 
Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even look anywhere close to, like, just the goatee face that we are used to in the first couple of seasons. So, yeah, real weird on that one. Cool. But. So, no last yeah. calls today because we are the uh, Canon coffee shop today. So, no <laughs> last no last calls. But, uh, Heath, you want to let everyone know where we can find you? Hey, ordering toys all the time and any of the time. You know, send me a message. I'll get back to you in a timely manner. Sweet. And, you know, check out all the other podcasts on the Geek Out Show Network. There's tons of them. If if you're listening to this, you're probably listening to those. Uh, we want to give a shout out to the Hive Comics in Odessa, Texas. And um, you can catch me at Toys on Instagram. I'm always there. Uh, and in the meantime, this is the way. Hold on. Hold on. I've got the money. Never fight, or wretched hives come 